Hey everyone, welcome back to Every Version Ever. My name is Jonathan North, and today we're finishing, for now, our series on War of the Worlds with the second half of my conversation with Nikki, aka Trivial Theater, on YouTube. Last time we talked about the 2005 Mockbuster version of War of the Worlds from the direct-to-video production company The Asylum. This time we're talking about the sequel to that film, War of the Worlds 2 The Next Wave. Despite how little this movie has to do with the source material, in some ways, it follows the book better than the first one did, but only in ways that don't matter at all. Not that anything in this movie matters, it's so much worse than the first one was, and also incredibly confusing. I think half the time I was watching it, I could not figure out what was going on. However, like I said last time, talking about terrible movies with Nikki is so much fun, it makes up for the fact that I had to slog my way through this thing. So again, while I can't recommend you watch these movies, I can recommend that you listen to us talk about them. I guess the weirdest thing about this one is how much they tried to retcon from the first one. Oh, yeah. At the very beginning, with the opening narration from George, who is back, he says, uh, among other things, he's got this whole thing, but I wrote down one specific quote. While we surfed the internet and waited in line for our soy lattes, they needed only one thing to survive, our blood. And I was like, what? <laughs> that was literally one of my things about the first movie. It's like, they didn't even mention that. That was not a thing that the aliens were doing. No, absolutely <laughs> not. The plot point from the book that they completely ignored in the first one. Uh, but apparently, according to this, they were. We just didn't ever see it. <laughs> there was one shot in the first one, like um, when that alien kind of keels over, there's like a whole series of what looks like veins and stuff. And I, they never really identify what it is. But I, I think that might have been their quote unquote, like homage to the blood thing. A little bit maybe but they should have made it more clear as to what was going on oh agreed 100 <laughs> percent. oh man and the fact this one is um written directed and start and i'm sorry it's um see thomas howell film it was directed and it starred him so the main character from the first one is now the director and right. the star right Right, and it was his, I don't know if it was his production company or what, but it was a C. Thomas Howell film. <laughs> I did not catch that at all. <laughs> so he must have really enjoyed his time making that first terrible movie. Like, we got to oh, do God. this again. <laughs> well, and looking at his, not his resume so much, but looking at all the stuff he's done, I mean, he's done a fair amount of, like, these kind of movies. Like, there just seems like there's, like, a lot of, that kind of stuff like the amount of stuff he does in the course of a year is crazy hmm. and some of it's you know guest appearances and stuff i'm sure because he was a big 80s star but honestly okay. it's insane well i guess it's good to have something to do yeah exactly <laughs> i mean if you're working that's good like he did a tv but in 2005 he did a tv version of the poseidon adventure he did a movie called ordinary miracles he did one called the keeper he did like what is it eight nine movies in hmm. 2005 alone wow yeah i think most stars do like one or two max yeah well and these were tv movies and there was some like series appearances but still that's a lot of I stuff i guess that's true that is a bit different tv movies 
they have a lot less of a budget and have a lot quicker production time. Yes, very much so. Well, I guess we could get into the main part of the story. <laughs> what? There was so much here that I just I didn't understand right away. Like I'm still not 100% sure I understood exactly what was going on. Like it says 2 years later and then there's the scene of the aliens attacking these homeless people, but they have different ships. Now they actually have tripods. They're very weird looking, but they are tripods. They're not anything close to what was described in the book, but at least they have three legs. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's, I mean, you can kind of take that into interpretation. But yeah, that was just strange. They did look, they look like, like husks, like the, all the mechanical stuff on the outside, all the, all the, all the luster had kind of been worn away. Mm-hmm. And all that was left was kind of the bloody skeleton was what I got from it, which take that how you will, but. I guess I could see that. But even so, it didn't look like it was related at all to the ships that were in the first movie. No, definitely like not. Well, not even the race of aliens. Oh, totally. And the way that they moved too, like, because the ones in the first ones, they kind of had a tank type movement with like the mm-hmm. turret. Yeah, this didn't have anything like that. No, it was just so bizarre how many things they changed between the first and second movies. It was almost like it wasn't even a sequel. It was like their own story. They just put on a two next to War of the Worlds, just so they could sort of capitalize on some name recognition. Oh, yeah. Well, and that happens more frequently than you think. Like, um, there's a cult classic called Troll 2, and it's a name and only sequel. Oh, God. It's... <laughs> I would have rather watched that ten times than watch this one again, and that says something. But, like, that one, um, the third Halloween movie, um, was very much just a name. Like, it had, it had all the same... Pe- like, the production company behind it and stuff but a lot of that was based um a lot of it was very anthology based as compared to um the actual overall plot of the movie so yeah th- there's a lot of those um but this one was yeah this one was just weird there it you know it had the same main character it had um the kid from the first one but other than that it really didn't have anything yeah that was another thing <laughs> it had the kid from the first one but it didn't have his wife. And I'm wondering if that was a, a specific narrative choice or if she just did not want to come back. <laughs> Most of the time in these things, like the fact that they got the kid and the dad back for this, and obviously the dad has more stakes in this one, but yeah. the fact that they had the, the kid in it from the original is surprising because most of the time it's a one and done kind of a deal. Uh huh. That, that did kind of surprise me too that they actually got the same kid. Because I was expecting, I mean, I was surprised at first that he was back, but that I didn't realize that he was behind the movie. Mm-hmm. So it surprised me first that they got him back. Because I was expecting this to be a, almost completely unrelated. Just because I'd read a little bit about how these movies work and I just figured that they were just making up something. Yeah. <laughs> so I was surprised that, it was, that he was back. I, I expected either a recast or a completely different character. And then I was surprised again that they had the kid. <laughs> and then I was just like, well, then what happened to the mother? They, they made like a couple of allusions to her having died. But, but I was like, I bet she just didn't want to come back for this. Yeah, I can't I would, wait. No, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, in a lot of these, in this particular instance, 
he had so little to do with what he was in the original movie. Like he really didn't, nothing about his character was really related back to the original movie. Like that could have been mm. almost anybody, honestly. Mm. Him being there did not make this better. No. Well, he, and even though he's like a main character, he's gone for most of the movie again. Mm-hmm. Because he, well, at first you think he's disintegrated because the the alien ships are zapping people and they they disappear in a flash of it looks like fire i was like okay well why didn't they do this in the first film because that's how these things are supposed to work (laughs) because (laughs) in the first film like they either left behind a red skeleton or they get melted for some reason (laughs) and i was like they should have been disintegrated but here it turned out they weren't getting disintegrated at all. It was like they were being beamed away to another location inside another ship. Exactly. <laughs> and this was like, I'm wondering if this is a ripoff of Doctor Who. Have you seen the first season of yep. the new Doctor Who yep. series? The uh, lo- or, um, uh, uh, Bad Wolf, yeah. Yes, Long- because there's a whole plot point in there where the Doctor thinks Rose has been disintegrated. But it turns out that this disintegration ray is actually a teleport ray. And I'm wondering if somebody watched that episode and was like, let's take that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was even thinking like 2005's um, or the, the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds when it captures all the people. Uh-huh. That I got, I got, I, I see the Doctor Who thing. I didn't think about that when I was watching it, but I can see that. But just the capturing of people makes me think very much of the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds. Yeah, there were things in here that in their own weird, twisted way were closer to what it should have been in the first movie, including the capturing of people and taking their blood. They were doing different things with them than they were in the book, but the capturing of people and using them for their own purposes, that is closer to what the book was than the first Asylum War of the World movie was. This was a weird take on it, but a little closer in that respect. Oh, absolutely. And uh, there's a thing later I'll talk about that it just, it's such a blatant ripoff. I, I had to sit there and laugh. It was so bad. But we, we can talk about that when we more get towards that part of the movie. Okay. One thing that I thought was weird about all this was like, this is supposed to be two years later. It was like nobody rebuilt anything. No. Like, Earth should have recovered at least somewhat, but it was like, now it's like post-apocalyptic for some reason. I thought that was just bizarre. Oh, agreed. Well, and the thing was, like, at the very beginning, there was the the two people in the tarp tent thing. Yeah. And then, like, that, I think, was still set on Mars. Like, yeah, you find the... out later that they're on Mars in, like, a simulation of Earth. Right. And that that whole like repeating of that thing, but yeah, that that part of it was yeah, it was like I, I was trying to figure out like where the two fit together, like everything with the main character and then with those two folks. And it's just it was really strange. Yeah, I I didn't really figure much out until like most of the way through the movie and I'm still not sure I fully understand everything that was supposed to be happening there. No, agreed. I, I don't <laughs> I don't, it feels like there wasn't a lot of understanding that was going on with that. So, there was another thing that I don't really understand about 
these scenes at the beginning, they're listening to the radio and they're like getting alien sounds. And my immediate thought was, I think they're ripping off signs here. <laughs> Have you Very seen possible. signs? It's been a long time, but yeah, I remember seeing it. <laughs> but there was the whole thing about the alien sounds in the baby monitor. And oh, that's, right. that's what that reminded me of. I was like, I bet one of them watched signs and decided they're going <laughs> to do that. Well, even more so than that, it's like, if it's really post-apocalyptic and they have to like pedal to be able to get electricity, you're telling me that there's a radio station that's going to be broadcasting like normal music, like not, <laughs> not true. like stuff. Yeah. Not like stuff on records, not like stuff on cassettes, but honest to God, like what sounded like modern music for the time that happened at the end too. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. <laughs> uh, this movie. <laughs> then you get more scenes that i didn't i didn't fully understand there there's like all these scientists and there's this one scientist named victoria who has a really bad accent oh god yeah yep (laughs) and they're talking about like the aliens like nobody saw them coming the first time and they have to be prepared because they might be using wormholes I'm like, how did they figure any of this stuff out? And even the thing where they say that nobody saw them coming, but didn't they see, like, they saw, like, shooting stars. Doesn't that count for something? I don't know what they were supposed to be getting at with that. Like, they sort of did see them coming. They didn't have a lot of forewarning, but they knew something was happening. They just didn't know it was aliens. Right. I think they were more saying that they didn't they didn't know the threat that was coming. Like yeah, they you know, so. you take a, a shooting star as a shooting star and that as a you know, a blood sucking race of, you know, virus prone aliens. Yeah. Okay, I'll forgive them that one thing. <laughs> <laughs> well don't forgive them too much. I will say the amount of big words they pull out in that whole oh. segment is just like, okay, did you guys go through like quant- a quantum physics book and just pull out all the big words and say, we don't know what these mean, but we're going to use them. That's how it felt to me. Like, I had no idea what they were talking about. Maybe everything made sense, but I highly doubt it. I doubt <laughs> it. They, they, they don't put anything into their CGI. You're telling me they're going to put stuff into the actual script? Uh, no, probably not. <laughs> Oh, man. The other thing, too, like, the dad, uh, George leaves his kid, like, in an underground bunker thing and goes, and he says, I'll be back in eight hours. And he runs out of gas on the way back from the place that the world, all, the, all the scientists are. Why would you not stock up on gas? Like, that whole bit felt so lame. I was so annoyed by that scene. Oh, like, do you not have a gas gauge in your car? Can you not tell when you're getting close to running out of gas? And you're with all these scientists. Surely they have some gas they could spare. Exactly. Well, and they want you to. They want to get you back because because he was like um he was like an observer of things, so he kind of kept track. Uh-huh. And he's the one that brought the wormholes to their attention. And yeah, the the whole that whole bit. Like, wouldn't you keep him? And why was he driving? It? Well, I suppose he had to get up into the mountains to get to his place. But I don't know. Most <laughs> of just, that just made no sense. And no. What was with those weird hicks? And the one was like laughing creepily. <laughs> like, what, what was up with them? What's the point of this scene? 
I and why do they want his watch, which he doesn't have with him? Like, why right. did they specifically say they wanted his watch? Because they really like watches, even though it's post-apocalyptic and time doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, the only thing I could I could figure out is what my thought later was like. They the, it was just the writers trying to badly call attention to the watch because it comes up later. I suppose so. That makes. I mean, in in, in this movie logic, it makes sense, even though nothing else does. <laughs> yeah. No, the watch he didn't have with him because he'd given it to his son. And when he finally gets home after this weird encounter with these creepy hicks, there's this <laughs> tripod strolling by that just zaps his son. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. And they don't even call them tripods. What are they? They call them squid somethings. I, squid machines, or I don't remember. They something. called them them a couple of times, but it was like the three legged. Yes, good walkers. And just like call them what they are. Call them tripods. Yeah. It's not like it's not like it's a a, a a copyrighted phrase that needs to be under wraps. Yeah, no, especially if this is supposed to take place inside the world of War of the Worlds. They're literally called tripods in the book. Yeah, exactly. You should have called them that in the you should have made them tripods in the first movie, but whatever. You yeah. could use this word. <laughs> Oh, it was insane. It just, uh, well, and the, the whole, the whole, um, and I guess again, it, it kind of knocks you upside the head. Like it, it slaps you with a fish, but then that's kind of, it doesn't, it goes away after that. Like, uh, when they're out at the cabin at the very beginning, uh, George chides his son for, for wanting to come with him or to go out and get him a, or because he went out and got him a gift for his birthday, he was very upset. And it's like, you shouldn't leave the house and all this stuff. And nothing came of that. And so much other stuff in this movie did that same thing. Yeah. Anyway, after he sees his son getting zapped, he's like, they they had to do another weird religious thing. I don't know. It's like he's screaming to God that he's not Job. And it's like, it just felt weird to me. I don't know. It just felt like a weird reference to make, even though it makes sense. But like nothing about his character says that he's, a religious person anyway especially after he was not a religious character in the first one like the priest was there to be a religious character it just felt weird to have this guy suddenly i don't know it just it felt forced to me well and i'm assuming because there was actually a priest like when they get inside of the one tripod there there is actually a priest there too and i made note of it but i wonder if like someone on the writing staff maybe has a like a strong connection to God or something or like, Oh, well we need to make this because this movie talks about like these great, you know, threats. We need to make, make things back to God or something. I really don't know. That's the only thing I can come up with. It could be. And I just realized I wrote that as a note too. There's another priest inside the ship, <laughs> but I don't have anything else past that. So the priest never came back. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent. Okay. It was one of those <laughs> things where it's like, the collar wasn't really all that well done either. Like it looked just kind of weird, but um, yeah, the religious aspects of these two movies that there has to be not even necessarily something greater, but some significance, at least to the person writing it. Yeah. Who knows? I I would be more inclined to believe that if it, the first one didn't seem like such a hodgepodge of beliefs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's, I, I, think, I think that's right. That's very true. So, Anyway, 
he goes into town to find another one of these squid walkers. <laughs> he wants to get zapped. And I can't remember. Did he know that this that they weren't getting disintegrated? Did he know he was going to find his son when he went to find one to get zapped? I think or did one he of still die. I, I think so on his way back so he was at, with all the other scientists and they assumed that there was like it wasn't a destructor ray it was whatever transfer ray or something okay um based on what was found inside of the walker that they had oh that's where it came up so that whole so throughout this entire movie there's a lot of references back to like um indian or um independence day so like where they have the ship that they studied to augment their own technology and then later on, there's a big battle that has a lot of that has a lot of that same kind of feel as Independence Day. But yeah, so they have a ship that they captured. Uh, turns out it's alive. They're they find all the research in it, and so yeah, so they find out that it's a transporter, not a destructor, not a destruction thing. And they talk about how they yeah, take okay. kids and stuff and do experiments on them, and then um, that's where that all goes. Okay, yeah, I remember that now. No, I didn't even think about that. That is kind of an Independence Day ripoff. I hadn't even made that connection, but it's been a long time since I've seen Independence Day. Yeah, I, I just watched the second one, and then I went back and watched the first one to cleanse my palate, so <laughs> I, I watched it pretty recently. I bought a Blu-ray that had both of them because I hadn't seen the first one in years, and I loved the first one, and I wanted to see the second one, but I still haven't watched it. But I own it, so one of these days I'll watch it. <laughs> Be prepared. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I kind of figured, but that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. You know, it is all good. Anyway, he wakes up inside the ship after he gets zapped, and then the ships fly into space. And I don't know what this means. I wrote down the word gas with a question mark. I don't remember what I meant by that. Um, <laughs> was there something about gas in the ship? Oh, it was chasing them. Like it was kind of pushing the, there was a gas that was kind of pushing them where it wanted them to go. I think. Okay. You know, like in rat mazes, they close doors and stuff to kind of make uh, you go the way you want them to yeah, go. Yeah. Sort of similar to that, but just done in that respect. Okay. Well, I guess it got them where they wanted to go because then they get all wrapped up and they have tubes shoved into them. Yes. Not the <laughs> so... fun kind either. <laughs> I guess they're getting drained or something, whatever. I'm trying to think because the thing about it was they talk about later how they cleanse the, they homogenize the blood so it doesn't have viruses in it that can affect the, the aliens. But then they started like saving it. like So they keep them alive and, and kind of, you know, body produces blood and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then the, they were doing experiments on kids too, I'm assuming, to be able to you know live in the world or whatever but yeah that that the whole design of the inside of that ship i mean it looked like 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 plastic stuff hung up and like spray painted with like red that's all it looked like like a bad haunted house they had that like filter over everything that made me kind of sick yeah the kind of um where it made everything pearlescent it reminded me of some of the scenes in the movie annihilation Mm, mm mm-hmm Except bad. Yeah. Not that yeah. I liked Annihilation. I, I had a lot of issues with that movie. I didn't really <laughs> like it. But it was be- better done than a lot of this. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. That definitely, it definitely has that, that effect going on. 
yeah, it just looked weird. And I was like, I don't like looking at this. <laughs> anyway, the aliens are like attacking Earth. And it's like, they just wanted an excuse to destroy some landmarks. <laughs> oh, totally. Well, you know, if you didn't get them on the first try, then, you know, go for them on the second. <laughs> and then back inside the ship, there's this girl who's like ripping the tubes off of everybody and helping them escape. And I, I, I don't know what was with her. Like she's telling them not to touch the walls and then somebody gets pulled into the walls and she's like, I told her not to touch the walls. And I was like, what is with the walls? I didn't understand what was going on. I think if you, it's like, um, it sucks in anything that, touch, like it sees it as a threat and it destroys it because it was, um, I guess, a quote unquote living organism. Okay. Yeah, I just I didn't get what was going on. That that was my interpretation of it. Um and then she goes through another wall that apparently isn't a wall because it's a portal or something. I don't know. They end up in the place where the people at the beginning were, which it turns out is Mars. Well, it is and it isn't because it's and I think I'm explaining this right. It's actually inside the ship, but it's a simulation. So like I'm not sure how, like, what that has to do with anything. Like, whether they put some of the people there to make them think that they were back on Earth or what the deal was. Because the only people you really saw were, um, besides at the beginning, I guess you did see quite a few people, but was those two, the two folks. I guess I thought, and I don't know if I'm correct because I was confused by a lot of this. I thought there was a portal inside the ship that led to a portal inside this simulation that was in a room on mars you know i think you're right that sounds more it's so convoluted but i I think you're right in that respect i that that sounds right yeah i don't i don't i don't even know if i'm right that's just what i thought was going on and i don't (laughs) even really understand why exactly you need flow charts to figure all this out i think (laughs) it was so convoluted yes yes it was well, the uh, the lack of tension, like all of the scenes that were supposed to be tense in this, there was just nothing. No, like I felt nothing while I watched these movies. <laughs> I did not care about literally anyone. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, and when they first, like at the very beginning, the one guy looked a little bit like George. And I assumed that maybe it was like him later in life or something happened. But then it's like just these two random people and they don't have any real significance to, I mean, they do to the eventually have some significance, but grand scheme, it was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They did not introduce them very well, and I don't think they explained them very well either. No, agreed. And then there's this whole thing. I, I, I think I didn't take very good notes because I don't That's really okay. meaning. You <laughs> know what? There's, there's not a lot to this movie, honestly, like outside of the grand scheme of oh they're coming back to attack there really wasn't anything else to really speak of everything was so incredibly short-lived it didn't make any sense yeah so i guess the aliens are coming to attack and the soldiers are they're not allowed to fire on them for some reason i don't remember why and then i've got all i've got written from this one line is sciencey mumbo jumbo way too long (laughs) I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> I think what it was was so there were these these wormholes that the aliens used to get to Earth and then they retreated back towards Mars, like the mothership. And um yeah. all the 
all of these fighter jets, which somehow could be in space because reasons, um, they had to reach that layer to be able to make the jump. And they were getting close to that layer, but the, the computer hadn't gotten like the coordinates properly. So they had to get the coordinates to get to the plane so they could make the proper jump so they didn't end up in the middle of nowhere going through this wormhole. Yeah, but then they call it a time hole. Oh, that's right. Like, why are they calling it a time hole? And they, they made such a big deal about it being a time hole that I thought there was going to be some sort of weird time travel thing <laughs> happening. But I don't think there was. They just called it a time hole. No you know reason. why they called it a time hole? Because it wasted an hour and a half of our lives. That was the perfect explanation. <laughs> wormhole didn't sound cool enough, so they needed to add to it to make it cooler. Wormhole sounds a whole lot cooler than time hole. <laughs> time hole just sounds weird. Or wormhole has been used by everybody and their mother. They wanted to make it, ooh, what hasn't been used that sounds like that? Oh, time hole. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway, they get some sort of code from this. I don't know. And then they say that's where our boys just time jumped. Whatever that means. (laughs) They pulled a Doctor Who. And then later you see these jets kind of just floating around Mars, which I kind of liked that visual. Yeah. But it needed to have been done better. But I liked I liked what they were going for. Yeah, no, that was cool in that respect. But even the things with that, like they really didn't ever, they said, oh, well, we've only got 25% power or whatever it might be. But they never really went into that anymore. It was just like, oh, well, we, you know, we're kind of floating in outer space. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what they were going for with all that. I didn't really understand most of what they were doing around Mars. I don't think they understood what a lot of what they were doing around Mars. No, probably not. <laughs> and it was funny because there was maybe, and I understand that they're always going to add more stuff, but there was maybe like 12 or 13 jets on the ground, and then they get into low orbit, and there's like 150 or something, you know, several it's like the same level of death stars that they had in the Rise of Skywalker. That's true. I didn't even think about that, but that is totally true. They did not have that many planes in that base where the scientists were. It was like they multiplied exponentially once they got to outer space. <laughs> <laughs> that's their breeding ground. That's where they, that's where they uh, make baby airplanes. <laughs> the, the, the movie Cars makes total sense now. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> Actually, I just say the movie Planes makes total sense. Now. I'm, sure, I'm sure the reproduction works the same between the cars and the planes. I'm sure. I don't want to so. know how it works, but I'm sure it works. The same. We've gone, uh, we've gone meta or meta metaphysical, in, or not meta. Uh, we've gone meta in this. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Is this movie that bad that we're up to uh, the way that planes reproduce? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Ugh, the, the next 20 minutes is just a mumble of just repeated weird stuff and jumping through walls and 
Yeah, there's this guy who's with George whose name I don't remember because I didn't care. (laughs) 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 They're like apparently best friends now. I don't know. They're they're trying to fight the aliens. I don't remember. Whatever. (laughs) I saw that too. The the dude um tried to save him from being eaten or being killed or what they thought of as killed. They both got taken into the plane or into the um tripod. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, like, they didn't know each other, and then he gets them free, and they land back, or they end up back on Mars with the brother and sister, I guess. And then stuff brother, happens. And I just thought they were a weird, creepy couple. <laughs> no, the thing, well, he called her sissy, and I think they did mention they were brother and sister. But yeah, other than that, and okay. the fact that she was experimented on, and I don't remember where he came into the fold, but yeah, that was just... Well, he was injecting himself with her blood. I don't know. Apparently, that helped with something because she was experimented on. I don't know. I I think it would it would cause enough distract or enough destruction to. uh, I don't remember because they took blood from him, and that would have been like, uh, I don't know. Maybe the virus was in him because um, George injected himself, and he got really sick really quickly. Yeah, I didn't fully understand what was happening there. No, again, flowcharts were needed for this thing. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't care enough to watch it a second time. <laughs> Same. This was this was a sit down and watch three different times. Like I stopped it, started it, stopped it, started it, because I couldn't keep focused. <laughs> you, you you probably had a better idea than me. I watched both of them in one shot, right after one right after the other. <laughs> I spent all night or all oh, no. evening watching these. <laughs> oh man. Well and and I tried. Like I watched the first one, then I started watching the second one and I just I couldn't like my brain would not focus. And so went away and did other stuff and I started it over. Now. My brain yeah. didn't focus enough to write good notes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just checked out by the time we got to this one. But you know, honestly, again, this is the se- a lot of the not and not all like you look at the Sharknado sequels they're relatively fun and interesting even if they make no sense and they're completely bombastic you look at a lot of the other asylum movies and they do like the creature feature type ones there is a certain amount of enjoyment because they are so off the wall goofy this one suffered from like the worst thing a movie can be and that's boring you know it wasn't it wasn't good enough to be good and it wasn't bad enough to be funny. It was just that weird middle ground of just boring. Yeah. They had the inflated importance. They pulled from a bunch of different stuff. And it just, it did nothing. Yeah. At least that was, was my one take. thing that I did remember in here. Because I wrote it down because I thought it was so weird. <laughs> this is where it, it like reveals that there's like a portal or something. Because this sissy, whoever she is. Shows them to the emergency exit and says, No one ever tries the emergency exit. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so this emergency exit is apparently leads back into the ship. It's just so dumb that I thought it was hilariously dumb and wrote it down. That's awesome. <laughs> So, um, so Alex or the, the George's son has a watch or has his watch and it was supposed to go off and do twinkle, twinkle, little star was the the song. 
Yeah. When I actually played the song Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, sounded nothing like the melody of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. No. I wouldn't have recognized it as Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, except no. they said that's what it was. Right. And it's not like that was like some, you know, copyrighted song that was a lot of money was needed. I mean, that's as public domain as they get. Uh-huh. I think what it was, I think it might have been just repeating one line of music over and over and over and over and over and over again Mm. and not the whole song makes sense makes sense and it wasn't even the same speed as twinkle twinkle little star i think it was a lot faster than twinkle twinkle little star yeah and twinkle twinkle little star is pretty quick to start with well this was like really rapid i don't know It, it it wasn't obvious as to what it was supposed to be yeah yeah it's like it was written in the script and then they couldn't find the right version of it to sound like it came off of a watch. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, at some point in here, after they find Alex, I guess they inject the ship's brain with George's blood and it spazzes out <laughs> and dies, I guess. <laughs> um, I think that all of the ships died from that i don't remember yeah they well they injected the mothership so just like in independence day when they uploaded the virus it did the exact same thing i didn't even think about it but you were right they ripped off a bunch of stuff from independence day they they? they ripped off like i'd say 60 percent of the movie was quote unquote inspired by independence day i guarantee you of that point yeah, because even the ships, like the jets, that was an Independence Day thing, too. Yep. <laughs> Any, I, I'm not sure what I'm writing here. I, was, <laughs> I have the quote, Victoria, we need the coordinates for the time jump. And then I have, and then Mars explodes or something. <laughs> <laughs> did Mars explode? I don't remember. Mars remember. did not explode. The <laughs> ship on Mars did explode because it was actually, I think the mothership was actually sitting on Mars. Okay. It was either parked in low atmosphere (laughs) or it was on the ground. I I don't remember which. I think it might have been on the ground, but um so the coordinates, so when all of the all all of the earth ships jumped through the the time hole (laughs) (laughs) um they lost track. Um Victoria and the other scientists lost track of where they went. They disappeared. So they took down the coordinates for some reason and then they got faced. Because they thought everybody was lost and the world was going to die. So then when they heard them, after they had had a bunch of something in a bottle that was made of cherries, I'm, I don't exactly know what, but um, they heard them come through and they're like, oh, hey, we need coordinates to get back. And that was what that was, was the coordinates for that. And then just as they got away, the ship, ex- like the mothership exploded. Okay. And that, that line of that whole thing I just said, made no sense in the grand scheme of anything because <laughs> it doesn't matter happened and i thought i was listening to you pretty well <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it <laughs> well and and so these these fighters jets that they had like i i'm assuming that they're two person or three person or whatever but the idea that like oh well okay all you other jets pick up all the other people that are still trapped inside this ship you know that are being you know harvested you know, just just pop them in. No big deal. It's not like a transport. It's just oh, we're we can fit two people here and two people there, and all you other ten, we're gonna cram them in like sardines. Yeah, exactly. Squish <laughs> them in. Yes, exactly, exactly. And then there was a weird thing with like the 
I don't know if it was like a unit captain or what, but the guy that led the charge that looked, that looked like he was out of like Mad Max. He always had um, a pair of old school goggles over his shoulder. And then when they go to leave um, Mars, he gives them to the kid and he says, hey, these belong to the greatest fighter I ever knew. And it was his dad. And it's just like, that is such a weird detail. What, where did that come from? I know. I thought the same thing. It's like, what? This guy wasn't, like, he didn't even have a backstory. We don't know who his dad was. This is such the, a weird, random, throwaway line. <laughs> and it's supposed so to be dumb. meaningful of all things. I, oh, God. <laughs> that, that would make sense if, like, his dad was somebody we met in the first film who died heroically. Right. But <laughs> this, it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh God! <laughs> my my favorite bit though. So the last, so George instructor George injected himself with all this stuff, and he's kind of dying and stuff. And then so it takes place. They get they jump ahead three months, and everybody but George is out at their house. And it's uh-huh. assumed, like you think George has probably kicked the bucket. Yeah, and, they made it seem like he died. Yeah, I exactly. thought that it made it very, like, they were trying to obviously make it seem like he died. Oh, exactly. And they're like, oh, the kid has been through all this stuff in the past three months. It's like, before that, he was hooked up to an alien ship where they were experimenting on him. Whatever he's going through at this moment, which is probably terrible, you're telling me that's worse than being hooked up to an alien ship. But then it turns out he, that he's not even dead. He was just no. in the hospital. Yeah, exactly. They made, they made it seem like there was this whole tragic thing, like he died and now his these other people are having to care for this kid. He was just in the hospital. Why, why did they need to make a big deal out of this? <laughs> it was like they were trying to fake you out. Oh, yeah. Well, they totally were. And it's like two minutes later, they're like, psych! Yeah. It was so pointless. <laughs> it was so dumb. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And this I was, was sad- another another point we already talked about weird music in the first one they were playing weird music again mm-hmm. on this radio and then it's interrupted by weird alien noises and then it's over yep i do enjoy me a good cliffhanger <laughs> <laughs> just let the aliens come and wipe them out i don't care i don't want another <laughs> one but the fact that it's been 12 years makes it seem like they're probably not going to do another one. Well, you never know with some of these. I mean, look at how long there was between like Indiana Jones movies and all the rest. I, yeah. This one though probably isn't true. coming back. It was kind yeah. of a turkey. No, I I hope not. <laughs> I don't I would probably feel obligated to watch it just because I'm a completist. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't want another one avoid avoid the temptation i am telling you now avoid the temptation because that far on nothing good can come from a a movie like this no it would probably be about the kid now he's grown up and muscly and fighting aliens with grenades (laughs) (laughs) he just punches them all in the face and they explode and the kid is no no better an actor now than he was then but he's still the main character now yeah, all he could do was look was look sad at the camera. That's pretty much all he could do. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Every time he opened his mouth, it was like, "This is not good acting." Why didn't we <laughs> cast somebody better than this? 
Oh, very true. There's there's not much else you can say about that besides that. Yeah, that's that's how you sum up this movie. I will say it, watching the end credits again, I was sad that there wasn't any cheeky graphics at the end. <laughs> it felt lacking. Yeah, they should have done something for just as a nod to the first one. Oh, yeah. Make well, because it, it was the best part of the first one. <laughs> they should have made it worth your while. Instead, you sat through the credits for nothing. Yeah, and they were really boring credits, too. There wasn't anything fun. <laughs> there wasn't even, like, alien wranglers or something, because there was literally no aliens. That's true. There were You never saw any actual creatures. Not that I needed to see the garbage bag with laundry hoses. <laughs> I'm not <put> again. <laughs> true. Very, very, very true. Holy shit. <laughs> Although, with as much as they retconned from the first one, they probably would have made them look absolutely completely different. Instead oh, of I'm sure. Thing. I'm sure. They wouldn't have been able to do otherwise, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, that's that. <laughs> yes. And what else is there to say about these two movies except watch the 1954 or 1953 version, or if you must, the 2005 version? Or go back and watch the original uh, Orson Welles reading of A War of the Worlds. Yes. Yes. It's so much better than this. Yes. It's so much more worth your time. They pack more actual enjoyable storytelling into one hour, or I think it's less than an hour, than, than this had in three, at least three hours. Yeah. right. I, think, I was thinking it was right at three hours because each one was about an hour and a half. Yeah. And it felt like five. Yes. Not going to disagree with you on that one. (laughs) I'm even trying to think like positives. You know, you try and walk out of a movie and you think, okay, there's all this other stuff. What was positive from this? And I mean, the the only thing I can think of from both movies that I found consistently okay, besides the end graphics on the first one, was like the the set design was pretty solid. Outside Mm -hmm. of the stupid spaceship in number two, that was awful. Yeah. No, the first one did have solid set design. Yeah, yeah. And the second one had okay. Like, the, the base, like, the science base was pretty okay. The the cabin where they lived was okay. Yeah, that's true. Like, the fact that they got any kind of street that looks semi-empty. You know, there wasn't, like, random cars riding through the background or anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the rest of it, uh God. <laughs> My positive takeaway is that we got to make these podcasts, so. Yes, that that's all well that that's a given anytime we do this it's so much you make it so much fun john <laughs> absolutely Thanks. enjoyable well i figured that talking with you about a bad movie would be a lot more fun than watching the movie itself and yeah that's that's what happened <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad it's always it's always enjoyable to come on and do this and i appreciate you bringing me back yeah no i i like talking with you about weird things so <laughs> I don't think anything can beat Santa Claus and the or, uh, uh, Santa Claus conquers the Martians, but yeah, no, because that one had both the talking about a weird bad movie and actually watching it was fun too. So <laughs> this this did not have the fun factor while watching it. This only no. could be fun after the fact. Yeah, that one it true. was one of those where it's so bad it's fun to watch. This one is just it's so bad it's bad yeah well and those i mean asylum movies kind of run the gambit but by and large this is kind of this is early asylum generally speaking so i mean they've gotten better but they still give good bad movies a bad name in my mind 
Yeah, I I can see that. <laughs> well, I guess we can wrap it up for tonight. Do you want to let good. people know where they can find you if they want more content from you? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at uh, Trivial Theater. I do a quite an assortment of random, obscure, and straight up bad movies. Um, I offer fun synopsises and then kind of break things down incorporating trivia and a few other things like that and um always got something new up so uh stop by and say hi um then you can find me on twitter at trivia underscore chick um and that's chick without a k um so yeah stop by say hi at either place um i I enjoy talking movies okay and i'll have links to that in the description as well so i appreciate it Well, thanks for joining me, and I'm sure we'll have you back again, so we'll see you next time. All right, take care. (laughs) You too. Thank you so much to Nikki for joining me for these last two episodes. If you want more from her, I'll have links to her stuff in the description. This marks the end of our series on War of the Worlds for now, but rest assured more episodes will be coming in the future. I'm a big fan of this book, and as long as there are more versions out there to discover, I want to talk about them. But I didn't start this podcast to stick to one book forever, so next time we'll be moving on to a new story, L. Frank Baum's The Wizard of Oz. If you've listened to my other podcast, I Heart Movies, then you'll recall that last year I did something called Oztober, where every week in October, or sometimes twice a week, I reviewed a different adaptation of The Wizard of Oz, or something set in the Land of Oz. So next time, I'll be bringing that series to every version ever, and I hope to have the first episode up within a few days of this final episode here. There were so many delays in the last couple of months, I'm going to try my best to make sure that doesn't happen again anytime soon. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for a brand new series on every version ever.